You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and host with only the hottest tea spilled fresh all week long. Those balls have gotten you into trouble, though. Oh, you, yeah. They picked us because we're horny. Yeah. Right. And that's your chronic state. 24-7. <laughs> My life has changed so much that it's almost like a completely different life. From the latest news on The Real Housewives. I'm so happy to be here and engage with you. Deep dives into celebrity legal scandals and unfiltered convos with your favorite stars. I've got you covered. And yes, I always keep receipts. Welcome on in. Welcome on in. Welcome on in, everybody. What's going on? Happy Monday. Hopefully you guys had a wonderful weekend. I hope you guys did something fun. Maybe you got lit. Maybe you spent it with some family. Maybe you got laid. I don't really know. But I hope it was a good one. And I hope you're ready to kick off this week strong. I know I am. I have a special announcement that I'm going to make. Hopefully you have a little No Filter wine with you. You guys know you can get my my wine collection at nofilterwine.com. It's a Housewives-inspired wine collection. Fizzy, white wine, fizzy, rosé, 30% alcohol by volume, but less than a gram of sugar. Head over to nofilterwine.com to order. Must be 21 or older. Please sip responsibly. That's nofilterwine.com. Okay, guys, I have a very special announcement to make, which I'm really excited about, um, and I cannot wait to share, or well, I'm excited to now share, that I have signed a deal with Spotify, and I have officially joined the Ringer family, okay? So not only, I mean, I, I guess I've kind of been teasing this for a, a little bit, um, I've been making some, uh, some appearances on the Ringer Dish, and now it is official that I will not only be appearing regularly on the Ringer Dish, but I will also be hosting the new Spotify original, You're Doing Amazing, Sweetie, a Kardashian's Recap which is presented by the Ringer Reality TV Podcast. And I'm so excited about it. So every week, every Monday, my co-host Amelia and I will be dishing on all the latest Kardashians news. We'll be recapping episodes of the Kardashians on Hulu. And we'll even be giving like some product reviews for the Kardashian brands because they're always launching a new brand. You know, Chloe has like Good American and Courtney now has Lemmy and Courtney has Poosh and Kim has uh, Skin and Kim has Skims and now she has Sky Partners. I don't know if we'll ever be able to review Sky Partners because that would be kind of weird. But if we ever wanted to like do a Shark Tank thing with Kim Kardashian, I guess then we could do that. But I'm so excited. Um, And guess what? Guess what? Our very first episode is live right now. It is live today, right here, right now. Well, not right here, but definitely available right now on Spotify. So be sure to head over and subscribe to the Ringer Reality TV podcast and tune in every Monday to You're Doing Amazing, Sweetie. I'm doing amazing, sweetie. I hope you are doing amazing, sweetie, on this Monday. And I hope you listen to You're Doing Amazing, Sweetie, with me and Amelia every Monday. It's going to be good. This week's episode, we recap the premiere of the of the Kardashians on Hulu. We talk about Chloe and Tristan and all that drama. Kanye's obviously apologized for his crazy rants about Kim on GMA. So we talk a bit about that. We talk a lot of it about Lemmy, Kourtney Kardashian's new vitamin line. So if you love Kardashians like I do, 
definitely tune in, tune into You're Doing Amazing, Sweetie. It's really exciting for me because, like, I've been wanting to really expand beyond just, like, Bravo. I know I've definitely found, like, a Housewives Bravo niche, but... I'm excited to start tackling other topics in the pop culture world and especially Kardashians. That's like been a love of mine that I feel like I haven't talked about enough on hashtag no filter with Zach Peter that I'm excited to now talk about a lot more on you're doing amazing, sweetie. I love me some Kardashians, the good, the bad, and the Jenners. I got some 818 tequila. Thanks to Kathy Hilton. Thank you, Kathy Hilton, for endorsing Kendall Jenner's 818 tequila and Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I was excited to drink that all for the past two episodes of Real Houses of Beverly Hills. But yes, I'm so excited. And I'm very, very grateful for this opportunity. Um, I mean, it first came up back in like April when we were on tour. Um, and so it was like a months long process of like conversations and meetings and negotiations. And now here it is where I can finally like let the cat out of the bag and say, yes, I signed a deal. And yes, it was like such a surreal moment to like get the contract and to have the Spotify logo at the top of the contract and to be like, holy shit, what is happening? I, you know, it's funny because I like wanted, we'll get to the tea, I promise guys, we'll get to all the tea and the news this week. But it was just like that moment of like, it just felt like, I don't know, like there was some respect on my name to have like a network, especially because I just saw that like Spotify is the number one network in the US right now. And I was like, OMG, I've had to kind of like keep this under wraps all of these weeks um, and not really say anything because one, I didn't really want to jinx anything, but also, and it was just like a long process to like actually get everything like finalized and signed and negotiated and settled and, and then to, you know, be able to now, you know, host this new show, You're Doing Amazing, Sweetie, um, which is part of uh, their, it was all a stream feed, so where they cover all things streaming. So I'm excited to now be in the Ringer family. I'm excited to kind of just be part of this. I remember like last year, maybe, maybe it was going into, because at the, at the start of every year, I always like to put a list. I put together three lists. One is a list of things I want to accomplish this year, kind of like a manifestation list. One is a, a list of things I want to let go of. And then a, the third list is, um, I guess, a list of boundaries that I set for myself going into the new year. And so one thing that was on my list for last year and on my list specifically for this year was I just like wanted a fun gig, like a regular gig with a big network, a real network that, you know, was something that I could enjoy and that was something that was part of, you know, an, an area of interest, but that also kind of challenged me a little bit. And I've loved like the episodes that I've done for the Ringer Dish, which was for their pop culture history lessons. Those have been really fun for me because I've like gone back and revisited like fun moments of pop culture in pop culture history. Like we did an episode on the VMAs where I dived into all of the biggest moments in VMA history. And that was really fun to kind of relive and to live in that nostalgia. Or we did an episode on VH1's Rock of Life Love, now that it's been 15 years since that came out, that was really fun to revisit and to rewatch some of those episodes and to like look into Brett Michaels and see what he's been up to now and talk to some of the the cast members and see what they've been up to since then. And I we did an episode on Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes and their divorce and Scientology and like I learned a lot about Scientology and I learned a lot more about their relationship doing that deep dive. So it's been really fun and it's been um, just I love. I love to learn and I liked kind of, you know, putting on my, my, 
my glasses and getting my notebook out and kind of diving into some of those old pop culture moments and being able to revisit them and talk about them in a new light and in a new lens, especially considering how much the culture has changed and grown. And I'm excited to do more of those. And I'm excited to talk more Kardashians. So you'll still get no filter every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday with lives every Tuesday and Thursday on the YouTube channel and on our Instagram account. You'll still get all of that. You'll just now have some additional Zach Peter. You'll get a double dose on Mondays because you'll have a new episode of No Filter and a new episode of You're Doing Amazing, Sweetie. And then stay tuned because I believe Wednesdays is when you'll be getting new episodes of The Ringer Dish. And like I said, I'll be, you know, doing some episodes regularly here and there. So I'll let you know as they come. But be sure to subscribe to The Ringer Dish and The Ringer Reality TV Podcast. And I'm just grateful to The Ringer and I'm grateful to Spotify for this really incredible opportunity because I am just excited about it. And I'm excited that I finally get to share it with you guys. So hopefully something good has happened for you guys this week. Something good has happened for Rihanna this week. I can tell you that. Rihanna will be performing at the Super Bowl in February. So it was rumored that it was supposed to be Taylor Swift. And before she went out, oh my God, you guys, I was not expecting this. You know, she loves to do her photo like shock every time she wins like an award. She's like, oh my God. And then like the tears come. Well, before she was able to do the whole OMG moment, the Super Bowl was like, nah, girl, Scooter Braun called us and it ain't you. We ain't about it. Apparently, I guess it has something to do with like her having to re-record her last album or her last two albums since she's re-recording them to like get them back from Scooter Braun because she hates Scooter Braun, but Erica Jane loves Scooter Braun because Erica Jane was secretly banging Scooter Braun. Those are all rumors. Um, I don't know if they were actually hanging out together, but apparently Erica does know Scooter Braun because she did mention him last season. Remember the rumors were that she was sleeping with Scooter Braun and that she was sleeping with Army Hammer. I mean, I kind of would love Erica to like be like, yes, I banged Army Hammer and like he did a full gobble me swallow me and he was eating me like a Thanksgiving feast, you know, just for the story of it, just for this. I don't know if I would even consider it a scandal, but um, listen, Army Hammer's hot. I'm not going to lie. He's, he's hot. I think he's hot. I feel bad for the women that feel victimized by him, but I do. I think he's a cute patootie. Um, but anyway, Rihanna will be the one doing the Super Bowl show, not Taylor Swift. Sorry, T-Swift, but you got this taken away from you. And Beyonce had the best music video of all time, period. I'm sure Kanye is very happy that Rihanna will be doing it instead of Taylor Swift. But I'm ready for this. I love Rihanna. She hasn't had any music in a minute. Some of her more recent music, I wouldn't say was like the best, but she's had some serious bops. And I was already thinking, I was like, okay, what do we want her to perform? Because obviously we know there's like a finite amount of time that they have to come out and perform. And it has to be like their full career, right? Because I don't know if you saw the JLo documentary on Netflix, but JLo is not happy that she had to share the stage with Shakira. She was really pissed in the documentary. And she's like, what? It means that two Latin women can't, like, one is not enough that we need to have two. And she was really upset because then she had to make sure that her songs were only, like, what, four minutes. And then Shakira only had four minutes. And then together they had the extra two minutes. So it was, like, a, a ten minutes. And then I think they stretched it out to make the performance 12 minutes. And so it was just, it was challenging to condense her full career into, like, a five-minute set but I Rihanna isn't going to be sharing her set with anybody she's going to be doing it and I'm like listen I want some Mr. DJ Ponte replay yo Mr. DJ song Ponte replay mm. come on Mr. DJ turn the music up I want some diamonds I want a little disturbia 
I want some bitch better have my money. Pay me what you owe me. Bitch better have my, have my, have my money. I want maybe like a little, a little ballad moment. Maybe some unfaithful. Because I know that he knows I'm unfaithful. And it kills him inside. That I'm happy with some other guy. I can hear him dying. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to be the reason why. Every time he walks out the door, I see him die a little more inside. I feel like, okay, one, I know I can't sing, so drag me. But I feel like I have more of like a country like voice, right? Because I feel like like I can do the maybe lock them doors and turn them lights down low. Like I can go low. I can go low. I can do that vibe. Um I can't do I can't do a Rihanna ballad. I'm not Adele. Sorry. Can't do it. But I want maybe a little like SOS. SOS please someone help me. It's not hell for me to do this and why are you so making this so hard maybe even a little okay i need a little snm snm remix with britney okay could you imagine if rihanna brought up britney as her cameo because we know they always bring up somebody that like nobody cares about right like dj khaled rihanna better not bring up dj khaled okay she we want something who's like what she's done like coldplay and pump Paul McCartney and Kanye. I'm trying to think of all the people that Eminem. I'm sure. Oh, okay. We need an Eminem cameo. Rihanna. Oh, well, Eminem just did last year. So I guess that last year's show was really good. I did enjoy last year's show with Mary J. Enough crying, 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 trying, trying, trying. Time to do something for me, for me, for me. We had. 50 cent, I'll take you to the candy shop. I'll let you lick the lollipop. Go on, girl, don't you stop. Whoa, whoa. Can you feel I'm in a celebratory mood today? But last year's show was great. Too many people on one stage. Iconic, but too many people on one stage. It was just, it went so fast and I wanted more. But I guess those are the best performances, right? Where you want more. I didn't really want more of J-Lo and Shakira. Listen, and my roots are Latin, okay? I'm Hispanic, but... Like, I was good. I was like, we don't, like, iconic, sure, in a way. Um, but, yeah, I liked last year's show way better than the J-Lo Shakira show. So I'm excited for Rihanna, but give us a good cameo. I don't want no DJ Khaled bullshit, okay? I don't want no, I don't know. I want someone good. I want Britney. Give me Britney, s and Remix, na, 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 come on, S, 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 S. M, M, M. That's what I want. Riri, call me. Girl, that would be epic. Brittany, after the conservatorship, doing some S and M. Oh, could you imagine? I, I probably won't happen. We'll likely, I don't know if we'll get an Eminem though, because her and Eminem have done a lot of collabs together. I love the way you lie. And wasn't there a monster? I'm friends with the monster inside of my head. Wasn't Eminem on on that one too? I don't know. But I wouldn't be mad if Eminem came back again this year. He was great last year. And listen, I'm here for it. You know what I would love? I would love like an Eminem and like a Machine Gun Kelly, Travis Barker. Oh my God, that would be fun. I digress. 
that's a separate show, not this show. This is the Rihanna show, and I'm actually looking forward to it. I'm not a big Beyonce bitch, and I know that's controversial, but, like, I wasn't all that jazz when Beyonce did the Super Bowl, and, like, the performance was great, and Beyonce kills it. Beyonce sets the bar high. Like, you got to give the girl credit, woman credit, um... But I personally just like Rihanna a lot more. But again, I need some Ponte replay. Like, that's all, all I really want is Umbrella Ella Ella. You can stand under my umbrella. Ella Ella. A, 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 A. See, I can do, I can do a note. A, A. Under my umbrella. Ella, Ella. Hey, 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 hey. I need Umbrella and I need Pone Day Replay and I'll be happy, but I would love an SNM with Britney. Okay. That's all I'm gonna say. Riri call me. I got I got ideas. I got she's probably gonna do um a savage, a Fenty Savage fashion show with it too, right? I bet you anything knowing Rihanna, she's gonna have all the models come out in their Fenty Savage. She's gonna do a thing. She's gonna make it a moment and it's gonna be great. I already know. Better than Beyonce. Yes, I said it. I came for your queen bee. Please don't come for me. Actually, I take, listen, I love Beyonce. I just know the beehive is very intense. And listen, I already get enough hate on Twitter. Like, just don't come from, like, I love the bee. Love it. Would shoot an alien superstar. I'm too sexy for my shirt. Too sexy for that girl. Alien superstar. I like the song. It's cute. It's good. But. I just, I, I'm looking forward to Rihanna. Don't hate me. I love you. Okay, let's move on. Congrats to Rihanna. Let's move on because I'm very happy for this next bit of news because Teddy Mellencamp is confirming the Billie Jean story about the DJ and the Aspen and the Kathy Hilton, okay? Because I told you guys, put some respect on my check. Put some respect on my name, honey. I told you guys, okay? This was what went down at the club in Aspen. It wasn't about the conga line, because Sutton was talking about the conga line, but it was not about the conga line. And listen, I know everybody hates Teddy, and everyone's like, oh, she's just trying to be relevant, and oh, she's so boring, and just go away, Teddy. <laughs> but listen, people love her, they hate her, they love to hate her mostly. She's literally one of the most talked about and most hated on Housewives despite being fired from her show. And she was only on for, what, three, four seasons? Like, she did something right if everyone's still talking about her and they can't stop talking about her. It's not like she's, like, completely irrelevant. You know what I mean? She did something right. And listen, Teddy and I have had our beef in the past with the Jillian Michaels interview that I did and how Jillian, you know, made a comment about Teddy and her all-in program and that whole thing. And Teddy was pissed about that. And then she ended up getting Jillian Michaels on her podcast and shaded me. And I was like, well, you're welcome for, you know, Jillian Michaels wasn't signing up to do Teddy Mellencamp's podcast prior. It was before two teas in a teapot, right? It was something, it was Teddy's teapot. Teddy tea. In the pod, tea, Teddy's Tea Party, Teddy's Tea, I don't know. It was something with tea and Teddy. Anyway, now she has two teas in a pod. She's talking about Aspen. I literally told you guys about Billie Jean, and that's why Kathy got upset because she went up to the DJ, and she's like, DJ, play, yo, Mr. DJ, song, Ponde replay. Can you please play me some Billie Jean? 
And he's just like, uh, what? No. And he's like, go back to Los Angeles. And then she got upset. And then she was like, oh, my God, that old F.A.G. told me to go back to Los Angeles and blah, 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 blah. And so far, that's all been edited out of the show. The DJ doesn't come up. The spat with the DJ doesn't come up. The slur doesn't come up. And I think that's why this week's episode feels a little, or it, or sorry, not this week, but last week's episode felt a little disconjointed. It felt a little like the women were overplaying this. We'll need to see what this week's episode, this Wednesday, this upcoming Wednesday's episode brings. But so far, we've had no mention of the slur. We've had no mention of the DJ. But I feel like by not airing what the women are claiming, it's actually like or what Kathy actually said, it's taking away from the situation, right? Because there is no, like, it just seems like they're blowing Kathy's, like, little fit out of proportion when I feel like they're trying to reference the things that she was actually saying and the slur that was actually dropped and this fight with the DJ and how that kind of spiraled a lot of this stuff. But the hard part is that there's no footage, right? Cameras weren't allowed in the club. They were not allowed to film in the club. Cameras were down for the remainder of the night because they were like, oh, it's literally one more drink. We already shot everything we need to shot. The women are going to be guard down. Like the production was tapped out. They went to go have a drink too with the cast. So they couldn't film in the club. Cameras were down for the remainder of the night. The women were unmiked at that point because if we're not filming, there's no need to keep the mics on, especially if we're not allowed to record anything in the actual club. Women were unmiked. Production wrapped, right? Cameras in the Sprinter van were taken out. Apparently, they get taken out uh, each night or when production wraps, they get removed. I'm assuming to dump the footage and to make sure that the cards are refreshed for the next run of taping that they'll have to do the next day. And I actually think Kathy knew that she wasn't mic'd and wasn't being filmed. So I think this is why she was like, okay, let me just let my guard down and now I can really be a monster or be the monster that I actually am. Tonight, I don't have to be hunky-dory. Tonight, I can just be me. Which also, side note, I was like so annoyed, and I'm glad that her toe that broke the camel's back moment didn't really have, like hit the way hunky-dory hit. Because to me, I was kind of just like, that was a stupid saying. Like, she obviously, like, you know the straw that breaks the camel's back. Like, to me, it wasn't a cute Kathy moment. It felt like a forced Kathy moment. And not only that, and I tried to bring this up on Twitter, and people were like trying to rationalize it but I was like isn't it strange that this is the only episode this season where we get a confessional with Kathy and all she talks about or sorry not this week but last week's episode um I'm the reason I keep saying this week is because it's the most recent episode since the next episode hasn't aired yet but the Aspen episode last week's episode last Wednesday that's the episode, the only episode this season that Kathy has a confessional at all. And I thought that that was strange. And people are like, oh, well, Kathy's just a friend of. And I was like, right. And they're like, friends of don't get confessionals. So I was like, well, that's not true. Because all of last season, Kathy had confessionals for every single episode she appeared in, right? Whether she was talking about being a dentist or whether she was commenting on the situation that was going on, Kathy had consistent confessionals all throughout last season when she was in it. And people are like, oh, well, the reason she didn't do it is because she was planning Paris's wedding. I was like, well, yeah, that's why she was missing from the first two thirds of this season. 
but she still participated in at least the last, what, four, maybe five episodes. We saw her at Diana's holiday party. That's when she returned. We saw her in her scene with Kyle when they were eating the baked potato. We saw her at Dorit's Homeless Not Toothless dinner. We saw her with Wilson Phillips. I know it wasn't Wilson Phillips, but I forgot who it was. Um, we saw her at the Rinna Beauty 70s party. So she was around for a lot. She could have talked about the, the baked potato and she could have had a cute, funny moment. She had tons of cute, funny, confessional moments last season. She could have talked about the Rinna Beauty party where she was, you know, being uh, beaten up for the homeless, not toothless. Remember when she was like homeless and toothless and toothless and homeless and homeless and toothless and homeless. And boy, I was getting ripped apart by the Homeless and Toothless Association. Cute, funny scene. She could have easily provided commentary and a confessional for that. We have no confessionals for any of those prior scenes. We have no commentary from anything. We don't even have Kathy talking about Aspen at all anywhere. She could have done a confessional where she talked about her purse, her little Trader Joe's bag, right? Or her slippers. You know, we could have inserted confessionals with Kathy during all these other scenes. We don't have any of that. And people are like, oh, well, Cherie doesn't have any either. And she's a friend of, and I'm like, yes, you're right. Cherie doesn't have any. So if friends of don't get confessionals this season, then let's keep it consistent and let's not give Kathy any confessionals this season. So my theory, and this is just my theory, I think because we also are hearing rumors that she wanted her lawyers to review the footage and blah, blah, blah. And even if you look at the confessional, like just the setup of it, her outfit, like all of it just feels very last minute, right? My theory is, I think she made them tape a confessional with her for this episode specifically. I don't think she ever planned on doing confessionals. I don't think they really planned on having her do confessionals. Um, because obviously we know Cherie didn't get any confessionals and she's also a friend of this season. So I think that that she or her team or whatever pressured the production company into taping a more recent last minute confessional of her where she can explain the car ride home that they can as the last minute edit in because the confessional itself just felt so random and it was only addressing the one specific car ride home. Nothing else. There is no other confessional footage from what we've seen. We may get one next week because I believe next week or sorry, this week is the final is Kathy's final appearance on Beverly Hills this season. I believe it's this week and the next week is the finale, but she doesn't appear in the finale and her scene with Rinna is this week. So I'm pretty sure we may get a confessional. We may not. If we don't, then that further feeds into my theory that she made them tape a confessional after the fact and make sure that she's able to tell her side of the Aspen car ride home, which I think is bullshit because she's had opportunities to address the, the Aspen car ride home if she had shown up to film, if she had gone to the finale and addressed it, if she was allowed to have a conversation with the other women on camera, but she didn't want to have a conversation. The second she found out that the women were talking about Aspen and that Rena was talking about Aspen and that this was a topic of conversation, I think she went to Crystal's party because she didn't think that it was being talked about. And then when she realized it was being talked about, that's when she disengaged from the other women. We don't see her at Garcelle's uh, dinner party. I believe Garcelle's dinner party is for the launch of her book. Um, Kathy's not there. As far as I know, Kathy did not go to that. Um, then there's Erica's Pretty Mess hair launch party. Kathy does not go to that either. And then there's the finale party. And Kathy does not go to the finale party. So 
It seems like she didn't want to have a confrontation with the women. The only scene we do have with some sort of confrontation was Kathy and Rinna's scene. But I don't believe that Kathy was aware that Rinna was going to be there. I think production kind of set that up to make sure that they could address it in some way. And so this confessional just feels like it was added in really just out of her pressure to tell her side of the story. But again, I call bullshit because she had an opportunity to tell her side of the story by showing up and filming with the other women. And this does feel like a cop out because had she faced the other women, she could have, I don't think she would have been able to really think about what her reaction or response was going to be from what we hear at the reunion. It all does come up again and she kind of just denies, denies, denies. So this just feels like a cop out because she's in a confessional and she gets to, not be challenged. She gets to just tell her side of what went down in the car ride home from Aspen. And that's, again, the only thing we get. Lil Fishy. Lil Fishy. Cherie didn't get to address anything, and we have no other episodes this season that Kathy, were in, that Kathy was in with a confessional, unlike last season. So there's that. That's my theory. That's what I'm sticking to. Okay. Real Housewives of Salt Lake City returns this week. I can't wait. I hear we get a big shift in Meredith this season. Obviously, we get a shift in the alliances, and we see Heather and Jen and Meredith becoming close. We see Meredith and Jen have this odd, strange friendship at the top of the season, um, which is weird. Obviously, we know Jen Shaw is going to maintain her innocence. Lisa Barlow and Heather also meet up in the premiere, and this is where we see Lisa Barlow asking for Heather's help to to repair her relationship with Meredith. And Heather's like, well, I believe you really felt that way about Meredith. You came for a family, and I believe you really felt that way. And Lisa's like, no, 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 no. It was a blind rage. It was not what happened. And it kind of made me think. I'm like, but when you're in a blind rage and you're a little tipsy, isn't that when your true feelings come out? Right? Isn't there? There's got to be some truth to it. Maybe not all of it, because I think when you are in a blind rage, sometimes you say things just to be hurtful. And it's not so much that that's your truth as much as it is you believe that that's a weakness or an insecurity with them. So you're going to take that hit because you know it's going to hurt. It might not be necessarily be something that you personally believe, but you at least believe that that person is you know, insecure about that specific thing. You know, I think in a blind rage, sometimes it's not truth, but it's just something, it's a jab to make sure it sticks, you know? So I think there's a little bit of truth to it, but I also think she just went hard because she was upset. And why she was upset, I think is still unclear. I know she said that someone told her that her house, Meredith said her house was ugly. I don't know if I believe that entirely, but it seems like there's definitely there were there's been stuff under the surface and it's just now finally boiled over. So curious what you guys are most interested to see in the Real Houses of Salt Lake City premiere and just in this season overall. We'll have to see. It does look like Jen Shaw is going to end up filming a fourth season and she will be at the reunion because from what I've heard in talking to a few different people, a few different legal experts, it seems like Jen Shaw won't be going in until going to prison until, I mean, the earliest I've heard is maybe February after the holidays for sure. We know she gets sentenced at the end of November. She has to show up for a sentencing, and that's when the judge will tell her how long she has to serve and when she has to report. It's very unlikely that she'll have to, she'll be turned over the day of, but estimates are likely like 
February, possibly even closer to summer. I don't think it'll take that long. I don't think it'll happen in like June. I think it'll be sooner rather than later, but it'll it'll definitely be after the holidays. So that's plenty of time to film a fourth season of Salt Lake City. Definitely time for her to be able to participate in the reunion. I'm pretty sure once she gets her sentencing, they'll make sure the reunion films before she has to go to prison, before she has to actually come in. And then I would imagine if she is part of a fourth season, they'll do a season four reunion without Jen, obviously, because she'll be locked up. Locked up, they wouldn't let me out. Locked up, they wouldn't let me out. But I'm pretty sure they'll tape some sort of segment, sit-down interview with Jen, where she'll be able to, you know, talk about the season. And give us an update on Jen Shaw's update from prison. So we'll have to see what that brings. Season four. I'm ready for it. If anything, I at least like that Jen going to prison might have to rush them being able to film the next season and being able to not just film it, but put out the next season a lot sooner. Or maybe it won't. I'm hoping that it will. That way we get we get seasons a little closer together and it feels like things are happening in real time and it doesn't feel like this big disconnect, which is one thing I did like about the Kardashians premiere is that they opened with Chloe and the surrogacy and her having a baby with Tristan, even though that was one of the last things that they filmed for season two of the Kardashians on Hulu. It was what they decided to use for the season two opener for the premiere episode So I was excited to see that because it feels like they're giving us the storylines as they as they're relevant in terms of like timing. Because obviously we know like Courtney got married and they had the Met Gala moment and all these other things and Kim and Pete break up. And so I think because I guess just because the the news with Tristan and Chloe having another baby because that news was so relevant instead of dragging that out even longer and waiting for that to be like the finale They ended up pushing it up to the premiere. So the timeline seems to be a little out of place. But I'm okay with that because it kind of feels like it it feels new and fresh, right? Like, if anything, I would like to see the premiere episode of Salt Lake City opening up with Jen pleading guilty and us getting that journey in the premiere. And then us in the next few episodes kind of telling the stories of how we ultimately get there. I just thought it was an interesting move for the Kardashians to make and for Hulu to make with going out of order, but and deliberately going out of order. But we'll see what what their show brings. We'll see what Salt Lake City uh, brings. Um, speaking of the Kardashians and Chloe, she was spotted with Michaela Maroney, who I guess is from Netflix's. 365 days film series. I guess there are three films and he's in them and it's like a sexy, steamy love story. But my God is Michaela hot. He is hot. I'm like, Oh my God. He snapped an Instagram story with Chloe where they're like backstage and he's like kind of like whispering in her ear and he's got his like arm wrapped around her. And I was like, Ooh, that is sexy. That is spicy. And then they were sitting next to each other at Kim Stolch and Gabbana fashion show. And I was like, Ooh, they are spicy. They would make one. Hot couple. Gobbled me, swallowed me, dripped on the side of me, quick jump out for you, let it get inside of me. Tell them where to put it, never tell them where I'm about to be. But um, Chloe, please get it, even if only for a night. Because I know like there was this like old clip 
resurfacing of a reading that Tyler Henry did with Khloe Kardashian, where Tyler tells her that there's a man that's going to be coming into her life and his name is going to start with an M and don't like turn down M, don't go with M. He should have also said also turn down Tristan, don't go with Tristan. But I guess she needed to date Tristan in order to get true and her new baby boy. So, but maybe she shouldn't date Michaela um, or McKaylee. I'm not entirely sure if it's Michaela or McKaylee. I would, I think it's McKaylee or McKayla. I don't know. It's spelled like Michelle, like Leah Michelle, but it's not Michelle. And I guess um, you obviously wouldn't want to be called Michelle, but it's Michaela, which I don't know if that's any better, but that's his name, Michaela. And he's hot. I think even if she can't date him, at least like let him break your back for a night. You know, I think Coco has earned it. Coco, you, you've done it, girl. You've been through it. You need somebody that can give it to you right, even if it's just for a night. Period. Uh, real quickly, let's break down some Roni rumors. Let's do the rumor meal with Roni, Real Housewives of New York. So it's being speculated that there will be a big Real Houses of New York announcement at next month's BravoCon. It seems like they've wrapped filming for the reboot or at least are coming to a conclusion with filming for the reboot. But there's a rumor going around that the execs aren't really happy with the reboot and they don't really they're not thrilled by the footage or by the cast of women, which I think makes sense because the the whole announcement was just so premature. Like you announced a show before you even began casting for it. Then you said that you were doing legacy before that was even cast. Like I just felt like those announcements came way too early and they had no idea what they were actually going to do with either of these shows or with, with real houses of New York altogether. So it does seem like they've wrapped for the reboot. So the casting has been done. Um, I don't know. I've, I've said I'm not interested. Julia Fox has come out and she said that she was talking to producers about doing the show, but that ultimately she's not going to do the show because if she were ever to do it, it would have to be a group of her actual friends and not just a cast women of, you know, that are in New York. It seems like they're casting a lot of like Instagram influencers. And from what I know of this world of influencers, especially the Instagram ones, they're usually not that very entertaining. They're not very good. It's like Busy Phillips, right? Busy Phillips was great on Instagram stories, but when we finally gave her her own talk show, she wasn't great at that. Like it wasn't her natural forum. So I think with Instagram models, it's kind of the same thing. Like one, they're really boring. That's why they're pretty because they don't have a personality. Um, and two, if they do have a personality, like, you have to make sure people mesh. Like, I don't know. I'm not looking forward to it. I would have looked forward to it if they had brought in Julia Fox. I actually wouldn't have even hated it if they brought in Julia Fox and Leah McSweeney. Because I know people hate Leah, but I think she can be really interesting in the right, ca- like, group and cast of women Curious to see what she brings in Ultimate Girl Strip Season 3. I know Whitney Rose just did a, a podcast interview where she talked about Ultimate Girl Strip Season 3. She says that Leah is definitely the lightning rod. There were a lot of like things she revealed about it. And she revealed about the new season of Real Houses of Salt Lake City. I cannot remember for the life of me what podcast she did it on. But I know she just did an interview. And I believe Queens of Bravo was the one that recapped it. So you might want to check out Queens of Bravo and they might have that full recap. Maybe I'll break it down further in Wednesday's episode of the podcast. But 
yeah, I assume that they're going to have an announcement at BravoCon. BravoCon just seems like it would be the best, the most appropriate place to have an announcement. And I feel like they don't have much that they could really announce in this moment. And the biggest announcement that they can make will have to be in reference to Real Housewives of New York because Roni's the biggest thing that they can address at BravoCon right now because it's the one thing that's kind of just like left up in the air that's uncertain. So... I know Lou and Sonia are supposed. They have their uh, small town spinoff, like where it's like a simple lifestyle spinoff, where they go to a small town and they try to like live there, acclimate, or I don't know what it is entirely, but it's similar to the the simple life with the two of them. Uh, and I think that was originally slated for Peacock, but I think it's actually going to end up airing on Bravo instead, from the rumors that I've heard. And again, all of this is unconfirmed. It's either my speculation or just a roundup of all the rumors that are out there right now. So don't quote me on any of this stuff, but this is just what's being talked about. And it seems like this info seems to be a little more solid in comparison to other rumors about Roni that have come out in the past, which is why I never really talked about it. Because I was like, let's wait until there's something that's a little more solidified. But it seems like they're happy with the the Lou and Sonia spinoff. And I actually think it's an interesting model if they do take it to Peacock, because if we move to Peacock, similar to like Ultimate Girls Trip, right? It's a concept that we can use interchangeably in the future, which is housewives in general, right? We did it with with Lou and Sonia, where it's like housewives in the wild, housewives in the island, baby. And so I think it's something that we can probably do in the future. Like maybe take Giselle and what's her name? Robin. Take Giselle and Robin to do a similar concept where you kind of just take a housewife duo, take them out of their element, put them in a different element and see what their natural response and reaction are and kind of make it fun and lighthearted with a little bit of levity. You know, maybe we do one with like, oh, my God, could you imagine if we did one with Brandy Glanville and like Kelly Dodd, like two chaotic housewives and we throw them into some unprecedented territory? That would be fun. So I. I can see them taking that concept and kind of doing that similar to like what they're doing with Ultimate Girls Trip, where they're taking different housewives and putting them in a similar environment and just kind of being like, let's see what happens. So hopefully it's not just a solely Lou and Sonia spinoff, because I would like to see other housewives in this situation as well. But we'll have to see what BravoCon brings. They have to make some sort of big announcement at BravoCon. And like I said, Roni just seems like the most natural thing for them to talk about. Also, I wanted to mention Real Girlfriends of Paris because I actually, so I started watching it. I binged the first three episodes and then I saw episode four over the weekend. And dare I say it, I'm actually enjoying Real Girlfriends of Paris. It's lighthearted. It's kind of cheeky. It's fresh. It's youthful. Um, There's a little bit of drama, but it's not like high intensity. It's not high stakes drama. Like, I just, you know, I kind of love, like, the grit of the girls as well because they're kind of young and scrappy. It gives me, like, old housewives meets old Vanderpump rules in the sense that, like, you know, they're young. They're trying to make it happen for themselves. There is not a mold yet set. There's not a formula set. Whereas I feel like with housewives now, a lot of them come in and they know the game already. So then they play it up and they try to deliver what they think is going to make a good housewives moment, a good housewives season, whatever. Whereas at the beginning, the housewives didn't really know what they were doing. They didn't really know what they were signing up for. So it felt a little more authentic and it felt just like a little more real. 
it wasn't so focused on glam and it wasn't so focused on, you know, overproducing as much as it was just, you know, we're wild, scrappy and doing it, you know. But it also has the Vanderpump Rules element because they're a lot younger. They're trying to make it. It's not necessarily like a trying to make it in Hollywood the way the Vanderpump crew was doing. But in this sense, it's like we're trying to make it in Paris. A lot of them aren't from Paris. It's kind of like, you know, people... It, it really is kind of just like American girls trying to make it happen for themselves in Paris. And I like the concept. Um, I, I do wish they would have had someone that's Parisian that actually grew up and, and lived in, in Paris versus all these transplants that kind of moved to Paris. But I guess that I get that that's the concept of like, these are American women that all went to Paris or they're women that aren't naturally from Paris that came to Paris and are trying to hustle in this town. So there's like the hustle of the town while also being the hustle of these young women. I like it. Is it groundbreaking? No. Will it be around for 10 seasons? Probably not. Definitely no. Maybe three seasons, maybe two seasons. But like my take on it is if you want like a break from heavy drama of like Real Housewives or you want something that's a little bit lighter and kind of fun, I'm enjoying it for what it is. I haven't seen too much criticism of it. I think some people have been like, eh, it's boring. And like, listen, I feel like the first three episodes were a little slow. They they hooked me in the sense that I watched it in a binge. So I watched all three and then I was like, oh, okay, actually like this is an episode four is where things got a little spicier. But Maybe if I would have watched it episode by episode, I would have been like, eh, I'm not looking forward to it, but I'm glad that I watched it in a binge. So if you haven't watched it, I recommend you do. And let me know what you think. Maybe you hate it. Maybe you think it is too boring. It's not Housewives, okay? So don't come into it thinking that it's drama and it's super captivating. It's not Vanderpump Rules where everybody's sleeping with each other and it's like intense. It's very light. It's very, it's cheeky. It's youthful and fresh. And it's just, to me, I would describe it as refreshing. It's different from Bravo content in the sense that it doesn't have all that craziness. There's no table flipping. But the change in pace is actually kind of nice for me. And it's also not chaotic like like a Southern Charm where you have like Shep and Austin and Craig. And it's not there. And Catherine. Oh, my God. Catherine. There's no chaos. It's just there is a little bit of drama. There are bit. There's a bit of chaos that hits in episode four. But it's like a. it feels a little more natural. I don't know. Let me know what you guys think if you watch it. Um, thank you guys for listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me. I love you. I appreciate you. If you want to give me a follow, you can follow me at Just Plain Zach all over the internet. Or you can follow at No Filter with Zach for all the latest reality TV tea. If you just want the tea and the scoop then or funny memes, then you can definitely follow at No Filter with Zach. If you want me, if you're invested in my life in behind the scenes or all of that sort of stuff the podcast then you can follow me at just plain zach i also post like funny stories and funny reels that are not super specific to pop culture reality or not specific to like housewives or or uh, bravo content but that's a little more broad and it's more me more about me you can follow me at just plain zach be sure to stock up on no filter wine at nofilterwine.com and don't forget to tune in to today's First episode of You're Doing Amazing, Sweetie, on the Ringer Reality TV podcast. Go to Spotify right now. Subscribe, follow, support, send me love. And if you do listen, then like take a screenshot and like post it to your Instagram story and tag me so I can reshare. 
All right, guys. I love you. I appreciate you. Have a wonderful week. I'll talk to you on Wednesday. Ciao for now. Bye, bye, bye. Bye, bye.